Rink Wide Vancouver. Pre-game, post-game, every game presented by Bodog with sports odds to free casino games. Make a play at Bodog.net. Wide and J-Pat here with you with another edition of the off-season pod, although we might call this one sort of a post-game pod, really, as we're we're going to talk hockey. Rink-wide, man. We're just powering through. Yeah. I think people understand it's the off-season now, so we're just rink-wide. That's what we do. Okay, we're here. there you go. Yeah. There you go. Well, I mean, we do have a game to recap a little bit, though. Fair the Abbotsford Canucks but, yeah. with their first playoff victory, franchise victory, their first home playoff game, as well as they shut out Bakersfield 3 nothing. Spencer Martin getting the shutout there. Before I move on here, though, J-Pat, Am I actually talking to the real Jeff Patterson here? Because I, I don't see a blue check mark beside your name anymore. Like, is is it is this verified? Is this the actual Jeff Patterson that I'm talking to? That's for you to figure out. I suppose <laughs> the listeners to figure out as well. We've entered a new era. Even more confusion out there in the right. social space. So yes, I saw that old blue had had been removed, and we turn the page. We move on, but. Yeah, I think I think it's me. Okay. Pretty sure. Just, just checking. All right. So yeah, back to the Canucks, the Abbotsford Canucks. Three nothing win there. Like I said, first in franchise history. I mean, from the looks of it, from what I saw, looked like they had a really good crowd out there. And we're gonna talk to Ben Lipka, who's from the Abbotsford News, just a, a little bit later on here on the podcast. But uh, some of our colleagues out there as well were tweeting about the game and a beautiful goal. The third one, at least, from Jack Rathbone. Nice play there from Christian Wolanin as well. Saw Max Sasson. What are they calling him? Big game Max uh, already? Like, I mean, it looked like all positives for the Abbotsford Canucks in their uh, first playoff game at home. Yeah, and we'll get into more of the details with Ben, who was there and took it all in. But uh, just my general reaction was, look, I think I was like everybody. I was surprised that Spencer Martin got the start because Arthur Silovas was the team MVP this year. But really, if you stop and think about it, Spencer Martin has way more experience as a pro than Arthur Silovs does. And I think Spencer Martin's proven like he can play and play well at that level. He did last year and earned him a contract. Obviously, it didn't go so well this year at the NHL level. But at the AHL level, the guy is a stud. Like, And so Jeremy Colton had, had a choice to make, but I don't think he could have gone wrong either way. I mean, it's always optically a little strange to leave your MVP on the bench, but and that speaks to what they think is, you know, one of the real strengths of the hockey club and, and having depth at that position. And, you know, we'll see if they go on a long playoff run. How does it all play out? But, you know, easy for us to armchair quarterback. Jeremy Cullen has to make the call. He's a guy who got a shutout. So I think he made the right decision in going with Spencer Martin. And, you know, a team did a nice job in front of him. Just 21 shots on goal. So it wasn't a, a busy night for Spencer Martin. And, yeah, I mean, some of the players that you want to uh, step up and stand out, you know, a guy like Nils Hoaglander, he wants to be in the National Hockey League, but he understands that right now his lot in life is to be the best American hockey leaguer he can be. And it sounded like he was a standout in that line with Kyle Rau and, and Max Sasson as well. And against the Sons played eight games as a pro. Like this guy's just getting his feet wet after, you know, making the jump from college. And for him to step in and, and stand out like that, a good night all around. It's a sprint here. It's a best of three. So to get the leg up and to get the opener. That's huge. All the pressure in the world now on Bakersfield, and they could be done as early as Friday night. Yes, yeah, Sasson getting uh, his first goal of the postseason. Nils Hoaglander as well. Nils Hoaglander had a, a two-point night on that night. Kyle Rau in on two assists as well. Jeremy called in game, asked about his top line who were leading the way. Well, I, I thought they competed extremely hard. Like uh, We won a ton of 50-50s uh, races, puck battles, uh, and then we made enough plays to keep advancing it. And uh, then you get chances. So it's it's a tight, so far, it's a tight series. There's not a ton out there. Um, you're going to have to create your chances by winning loose pucks and then attacking 
and then take advantage. It might be one or two a period where um, even have the opportunity to create a chance. And I thought that line, they defended hard, they checked hard, and then they took advantage when they uh, maybe had the team at a disadvantage uh, and they had a chance to make plays. And if you're a Canucks fan, I mean, maybe outside of the name Kyle Rao, the Max Sassum and Nils Hoaglander are two guys that you perhaps think might be back with the big club, especially Hoaglander, uh, considering the time he's already spent in Vancouver. But I mean, when you look at the 3C position that is essentially going to be available with the Vancouver Canucks next season, I mean, perhaps Max Sasson is, is, is a choice or, or something that could fill that position. Yeah, I, I think it's a little premature to slot him in right now after eight games as a pro. But if he shows well in these playoffs and continues to develop and progress, I think he comes to training camp with an opportunity to step up. But he hasn't even been on the ice with big leaguers, right? Like he And I like the decision he made. We saw other guys sign and get an opportunity to play in the NHL. He elected to, you know, sign a pro tryout with Abbotsford and, you know, break into his pro hockey career on the farm at the minor league level. And I think he recognized that he had some growing to do. But yeah, I mean, everything, it sounds like everything's been pretty positive around this guy. Sounds like he's, you know, embraced the opportunity, got the hockey IQ, bringing some offense now, been put in a position to generate some offense. And uh, his goal was beautiful last night. Uh, Actually, I thought all the goals uh, were quite pretty, but his goal, nice uh, three-way passing play. We saw a lot of those cross-seam passes end up in the big league Canucks net over the course of 82 games. It was sort of a page out of you know that playbook for the Abbotsford Canucks last night, working the puck around the offensive zone, and ultimately Sasson pulled the trigger. So, yeah, I mean, for him, it's just every day is a learning day. You know, this is still a new environment for him. So, you know, I want to slow the roll a little bit, but yes, there's an opening in that third line center position. This is a big stage, the management group and ownership out in Abbotsford last night watching. So, yeah, I mean, that's a, a nice development for a guy like Max Sasson, and he's just got to, you know, stick with it and, and keep at it. Yeah, good start to his playoffs as well. He only had one goal in seven games with the Abbey Canucks in the regular season. So, already got himself a playoff goal, a Calder Cup playoff goal. He'll be 23 in September. So, Still a bit of a young man. I mean, as you know, he only played two years of college hockey at Western Michigan. So uh, still some time for Max Sasson. But yeah, good start. And definitely when you do have that position that's available, you're going to want to show your best for the Canucks brass, who, by the way, was there too, including the owner was there as well, which is quite remarkable for the Abbey Canucks. Knows Hoaglander, of course, big night. We talked about that. Jeremy Colton post game. Yeah, I liked him a lot, and I think he was a big catalyst again to to doing those things, winning races, uh, being strong on the puck, protecting it, but then uh, not necessarily needing to do it all. Uh, he advanced it and kept the puck in in the team, and then you know he made he made a couple of special plays, obviously, uh, and we need more of that from him. Yeah, looking forward to talking to Ben Lipka about Nils Hoaglander's season as, as as a whole, because, of course, you know, a lot of people had him penciled in to be with the big club, and he spent the majority of the season down in the AHL. I mean, that shows well, especially, you know, who we talked about being in the crowd uh, for Nils Hoaglander last night. And you may have his stats in front of you, and if you do, you're cheating, but... Do you know how many games he played for the Vancouver Canucks this season? Uh, okay, I don't have them in front of me. Okay. So I, this is a flat-out guess. Was it five? He played 25 games what? for the Vancouver Canucks this season. 25? I know. I did a double-take as well. Like, three wow. goals, six assists, nine points, 25 games for Nils Hoaglander. 
as a Canuck this season. That's way off. <laughs> I know. Like, I, I think I would have said 15. I wouldn't have gone five. I, I knew he started the season here. I don't remember any of Nils Hoaglander's season with the Canucks right now. Like, it's just nothing's jumping back at me right now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, like I said, it'd be interested to hear what Ben Lipka says about his season because, you know, he was name checked as well at the end of the season by Patrick Alvin. So he's clearly somebody that the Canucks, you know, see as part of their future. So we'll see exactly uh, where this takes Nils Hoaglander. But, uh, you know, a good playoff run could definitely uh, bode well for him as he tries to make the big club next year. In terms of the goaltending as well, a bit of a tandem going on down here for Jeremy Colleton. But, you know, Spencer Martin uh, got the shutout last night, but Colleton, he believes in the tandem situation. Yeah, he was excellent, but he's been really good for, for a while now. Again, I think both guys have been excellent. Um, the competition between the two, I think, has pushed both of them to uh, to play their best hockey of the season. And, uh, you know, they both want to play. I'm not, I don't think either one of them is probably totally satisfied with the arrangement, but uh, the team likes it. So that's what's most important. You know, we've seen this a little bit in the NHL as well with tandems and Minnesota maybe overthought it and, you know, went with Marc-Andre Fleury. And of course, talk about a guy with a track record and pedigree, but Philip Gustafson was so good for them in the opener. And yeah, so look, at some point here, some of it maybe match up depending on who they face in the next round and those types of things. But I would think you kind of owe it to the veteran guy uh, who had the shutout to come back with him. You know, as I said, like, call it made the right call. Ultimately, like we can debate. We thought was the right idea, but picked the goalie and the goalie went out there and stopped everything he faced. I would say the coach got that call right. If you're a fan, I think you want to see Artur Silovs because there is a future for Artur Silovs. With the big league organization, Spencer Martin's future, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know where it goes. I mean, can he can he repair and rehabilitate uh, his image with the fan base? Like, if he got on a strong run here in the playoffs, like, is he still a consideration to be the backup at some point next season? I, you know, I don't know how well that would be received by the fan base, but ultimately we know Patrick Galvin not going to spend much on the backup position, and he is under contract for next year. So... See where it goes. But yeah, goaltending certainly uh, will be a focus here. But at least they've got two options, and that's a pretty good position to be in for any coach at this time of year. The BC Lions are back in the playoffs and hosting the Calgary Stampeders on Saturday, November 4th at BC Place, kickoff at 3.30 p.m. Looking forward to this one. Playoff football, BC Place, the Lions and that offense with Vernon Adams at the controls and all of those weapons he has in his receiving core. And you just think about the atmosphere in that building with the fans behind them. The Dome will be rocking. Should be a ton of fun. Tickets on sale now at bclions.com. And check this out. They start at just 30 bucks. And kids 17 and under can get in for 15. So bring the noise, fill the dome. Applewood Auto Group is celebrating 25 years of business, making the car business and our communities better. Applewood offers the best in-class experience, whether you're looking for a car, service, or to join our team. Come find out why it's all good at Applewood. Visit us online at applewood.ca today. And joining us now from the Abbotsford News is Ben Lipka. How are you doing today, Ben? Good. So glad to be here. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah. big win last night for the Abbotsford Canucks. The first in franchise uh, history in terms of a playoff victory, but also the first on home ice. Just let us know about the atmosphere there uh, in Abbey last night. Yeah, You know, uh, to be honest, like Wednesday's a bit of a harder sell. Like um, when I first saw that schedule, I was kind of, and I was looking at the tickets, ticket sales throughout the week and 
there were a lot of tickets available a couple of days before. Um, so yeah, Wednesday's the, a little bit of a tougher sell. I think Friday will be good, but, um, yeah, there was a lot of buzz. The building was packed. They had the, the towels going, uh, really super original uh, concept there. The towels <laughs> <laughs> gotta love it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And that, the other thing, the, the thing that I kind of, found it was that the, the first period was i don't know if you guys watched the game but that first period was mm-hmm. rough like we had a lot of other uh media at the game and uh i was tr- kind of trying to tell them like it's usually not this boring <laughs> i swear like the games are actually pretty good but um yeah after that first period like there was uh the disallowed goal and then there was uh when max sasson got checked in the face they had to clean up the blood and it felt like that took forever and uh, so after that first period, it, like the atmosphere was was kind of dead. But then the second period kind of fixed all that up, and um, th- things got going. It wasn't. It, it definitely wasn't a sellout last night, which is kind of disappointing. But like I said, the Wednesday, the Wednesday night thing is probably an issue for some people. But yeah. overall, I mean, it it was a it was a it was a good experience, I'd say, for the organization overall. Spencer Martin gets the shutout, and we hear Jeremy Colleton talking about this tandem thing post game. So. Is that where they're going to go? Or, I mean, the guy gets a shutout. He usually deserves to get the start in game two. Uh, what do you think is going to happen there with yeah, the you, you know, I was, and I was talking to um, some other media members, like, I was certain that Seelov was going to get the start. Um, just, I mean, he was just voted the MVP yeah. by the fans, like, the, the, the week before. And uh, he's been excellent, especially the last, the last month or so. Like, he's had a really good March and a really good April in Abbotsford. Um, but I mean, on the other hand, like Martin's also had like every single time he's been called on, especially the last month or so, he's been outstanding too. So you, you can't really go wrong. I just kind of figured Seelov's kind of seems like the guy for the future, the guy that the, the Canucks organization kind of wants to move on to the next level. And maybe the next five years, he could be a goalie in Vancouver and all the Vancouver brass is here. And I thought maybe they want to show off, uh, they would want to show off Seelov's, but, um, and, and you know, Colton didn't really say he didn't say who he's going to start in the in the post game press conference. But I think you kind of have to go back with Mart just because I mean the guy he had a shutout and I just don't. It'll be kind of surprising if they go to Seelov. So I think they're probably going to stick with Martin for game two. Seemed to me that uh, Nils Hoaglander was uh, the best of the bunch, and as you talked about with the Canucks brass. Uh on hand obviously he wants to show well and and wants to figure in their decision making for next season at the nhl level but uh what did you make of his performance last night and how good has he been a guy that's played in the nhl obviously uh, i'm sure in his mind is an nhler playing in the american hockey league yeah you know he was awesome last night like he was uh he was one of the best players on the ice probably the best canuck on the ice last night like he controlled the play um his work along the walls like he just Every time he's on the ice, like he he controlled the puck. Um, he's kind of had throughout his whole tenure in Abbotsford, like um, he's kind of had an up and down. Like there's some games where he's just not super noticeable at all for whatever reason. It might be the line mates he's playing with. He's played with a he hasn't had consistent line mates throughout the whole season, so he's kind of maybe hasn't developed chemistry. But yeah, no, last night like he like his speed and just his uh, hockey IQ is NHL level. So I, I think there's no, it's just a matter of if he fits on in Vancouver, if, if he fits with Rick Tockett, I mean, that's, I think that's the only issue there. Um, but yeah, you know, he was, he was that, that whole line was, was really good last night. Um, and yeah, he was, he's definitely a guy like he doesn't really belong in the AHL. 
Yeah, and I'm sure he's uh, hoping that his stay isn't a whole lot uh, beyond this season. But uh, again, there's decisions that will have to be made. So many wingers at the NHL level on this roster. So uh, we'll see where that goes with Nils Hoaglander. Uh, I had to feel good for Jack Rathbone. It's been an up and down year for him, but pulls the trigger. The insurance goal on the power play. And I loved, I loved the play that Christian Willannon made at the top there to, <laughs> you know, sell the shot create some space and then slip the puck over to Rathbone and you know he does the rest there but uh maybe just talk a little bit about Rathbone but also Christian Willannon and what he has meant to that team uh named the defenseman of the year in the American Hockey League and hadn't played there since the middle of February but obviously an incredible season for him with the Abbotsford Canucks yeah you know to, uh, Willannon was a little rusty it looked like in the first period like I think everybody was though for whatever yeah. reason there was a lot of a lot of pressure going on but uh yeah Willannon that I love that shutter step, that crossover move at the point. Like that's like a Allen Iverson type move. He crosses guys' ankles. Like I love yeah. it. Um, and that's worked all season. Like that works in the AHL almost all the time. Um, and it was interesting that they actually had Rathbone and Willanen playing together because usually they just have the one D back there. But last last night it worked. Um, but yeah, Willanen just his work on the power play. Um, like the Abbotsford power play without Willanen kind of fell apart a bit, especially in the second half of the season. Like they. He is the quarterback of that power play, and they really missed him. Um, Rathbone, yeah, like you said, he's kind of had an up-and-down season. Um, there are games he looks like an NHL, or there's games he doesn't. And last night, he played. I thought he played well. I thought the whole defense actually played really well. But, um, yeah, I, I, it's just with Rathbone, it's a matter of... It, I don't know. It doesn't seem like he really fits with Vancouver for whatever reason. Like, you'd think... I thought he would get a lot more games with Vancouver. He's had injury issues. Um, but the fans, like the Abbotsford fans really like him. He was voted the fan favorite for the second straight season this year. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just, I don't see, kind of see where he fits with Vancouver, but he's been, he's been solid in, in Abbotsford again this year. What about, uh, Max Hassan? What can you tell us about him? Of course, a short stint, uh, to finish off the regular season with the Abbey Canucks, but he pots a goal last night and looked like he had himself quite the game. Yeah, I thought it was two. Like they announced it was two, and my uh, the headline for my story says two, so I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna have to correct that. Um, but yeah, that was actually the first time I've seen him play in person, and um, yeah, he's just a he's a really smart player. Like he he fit well with Hoglander out there. Um, he knows where to be on the ice, and he's actually a lot. He's a pretty big guy. Like I I don't know. I didn't really think of him as a bigger player but especially in, in the post-game press conference like he's a big strong guy and smart and he knows where to be um yeah and I, it's obviously the, the Canucks are really high on him just because he he played a lot he played power play he was playing with Hoglander he was he was really impressive really impressive what can you tell us about uh Jet Wu Danila Klimovich Atu Ratu like these are guys that you know Canuck fans are hoping at some point are going to be able to make the big league club. Maybe not as much Jet Wu uh, as of recent, but then he gets name dropped by the Canucks GM in their end of the year <laughs> presser. So, you know, what has he been doing down there this year? If you can just tell us a, a little bit on all three of those players. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll start with Klimovich. Like he's, uh, he's had an up and down season. Like there was a, uh, it was probably February, January where he was, uh, he, he he kind of had a rough go. He wasn't playing a lot. He was dumped to the fourth line, taken off the power play. But uh, he really bounced back the last the last few weeks, the last couple of months. And he, I mean, he finished off with 17 goals as a 20 year old. Like it's a guy that he he could could still be playing in major junior. And he scored 17 goals in a in a men in this one of the best men's leagues in the in the world. So um, I think he's taken some steps. I, I think uh, 
Jeremy Colton's done a lot of a lot of really good work with him. Um, and he's become a, a pretty good threat threat on the power play too. He's got that great shot. So I think Klimovich, it's a positive year. I mean, if we think back to to last year, you talk about Jet Wu. We had Jet Wu playing forward. I'm sure you guys remember. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and uh, Klimovich was scratched. Right. So I mean, that was a controversial decision back in the day. But um, yeah, Jet Jet Wu, he's been steady all year, and he's uh, he's actually developed a lot of offense too. Like he scored seven goals and. He doesn't usually play power play. Um, and he's he actually has some hands too. He looks he looked good in the shootout. He had one shootout attempt and he completely undressed uh, the goalie. So he's got some hands. I'm not sure. Like I think he's he's definitely fit in, in the AHL and he's definitely um he's improved a ton from last year. Like last year he seemed lost. It almost seemed like like this guy's like he's he might not even come back, return to the team next year at some points just because he was playing out of position. But um, yeah, he had he had a good bounce back. Raddy, I don't know. He um, there's games where he's just you don't even notice him. Um, hmm. I think he's solid on the faceoff draw, and again, he's pretty sound positionally, good defensively. Not the best skater in the world, um, but uh, he's had flashes. Like him and uh, him and Klimovich had some pretty good chemistry, but that's kind of coming up, coming gone. But uh, I don't know. I think the jury's still out on on Rat on Ratu just because uh, he just doesn't offensively. He do, he doesn't seem to be able to produce. He gets a lot of chances, but just hasn't been able to bury them. Hey Ben, you talked about the defense core as a whole looking pretty solid last night. I'm just wondering about the overall health of this hockey club. Like, does Jeremy Colleton have options? And I would think he comes back with the same lineup, but. Of the guys that didn't play last night, like was there anybody that surprised you in terms of, we talked about the surprising goal, but I'm just wondering with all of the options that Colleton had available to him, was that his optimal lineup last night or are there other guys that you would expect to see in the lineup before too long? I think Alex uh, Canuck Leapert, like I think um, like he's the fans really love him. He's a, <laughs> he's, he provides a lot of toughness. Like yeah. I, I would love to do a longer sort of form story on this guy. He seems like a very interesting guy. He trains in, uh, in MMA and he's tough. Um, I'd like to see him get a shot just to get a chance in the playoffs. Um, but, and also we have Philip Johansson also. Uh, right. Yeah. I was kind of surprised that they didn't dress him. Like they, they brought him in and, um, it seemed like, I mean, he was practicing with the team. I, I'd expect, I wouldn't be surprised to see him maybe get a shot. Um, and, I think either of those guys, the only problem is I'm not sure who you take out um, because yeah. the, like the D is the D is, is really deep. It's the deepest it's been all season by far. Um, and I, I think they probably go with the same lineup they did um, last night. Well, game two Friday night to see if the uh, Canucks can move on, sweep the Condors and uh, move on in the Calder Cup playoffs. But thanks very much for joining us today, Ben. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. The BC Lions are back in the playoffs and hosting the Calgary Stampeders on Saturday, November 4th at BC Place, kickoff at 3.30 p.m. Looking forward to this one, playoff football, BC Place, the Lions and that offense with Vernon Adams at the controls and all of those weapons he has in his receiving core. And you just think about the atmosphere in that building with the fans behind them, the Dome will be rocking, should be a ton of fun. Tickets on sale now at bclions.com and check this out. They start at just 30 bucks. And kids 17 and under can get in for 15. So bring the noise, fill the dome. 
Required Vancouver is presented by Bodog. Make a play at Canada's Choice for free casino games, sports, odds, and poker strategies. Many thanks to Ben Lipka for joining us uh, from the Abbotsford News. Let's get into some playoff talk, which is presented by Jason Hominick at Jason.Mortgage. Big night around the uh, NHL last night. Uh, a couple of series or a few series getting evened up there. One of them at 2-0. We'll start in the Chuck Edmonton 4-2 over the Kings. 1-1 now the series. Are you surprised that uh, Connor McDavid, though, has been kind of quiet in this series? Yeah, I mean, you have to be just based on the regular season. Of course, he's going to be the focus of the L.A. Kings. And if he draws all the retention, it is going to open up space. And Leon Dreisaitl, just an absolute beast, uh, you know, has been for years, but stepping it up here in the playoffs. And so, you know, McDavid will get his. He's not going to be this quiet all playoffs. But, yeah, I mean, give the Kings some credit. You know, the Oilers uh, got the start they were looking for, and you kind of expected that. You know, they realized that uh, they flushed one in the opener, but they almost flushed the second one as well. Yeah. Uh, a little dicey there going to the third period after uh, the Kings. Kings had tied it at two, and then I think it was Grunstrom that rang one off the post in the final minute of the second. Like, wouldn't that have been something if uh, L.A. had come all the way back and taken a lead to the third? But, uh, yeah, Oilers on the board now. I think a little momentum. And if you're the Kings, like you have to keep your focus on Connor McDavid, but y- you just know, like he's too good. He, he at some point he's going to break out. And again, uh, you know, if the Oilers, and, and in the opener, McDavid's speed like drew penalties. Like he, you know, yes, he's been quiet on the score sheet, but he has oh, found ways bad. to contribute. Yeah. yeah, and so that's always the danger that he draws penalties. Then you put that Oiler power play uh, to work and and look out because that's where they can absolutely crush you. So I think uh, people probably breathing a little easier in Edmonton now that they're uh, in a one-all tie and, you know, they can go out on the road and certainly get the job done there. The Kings, as the Canucks saw late in the season, Kings are a good home ice team, but uh, uh, generally most of the teams that are in the playoffs are, are pretty good on home, on home ice. But I just think Edmonton probably feels like it's got some momentum now coming off its first win of the series. Yeah, the Kings are just a tough out, though. That's yeah, the thing uh, about them. And, and without Fiala still. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And Corpus has been very good for them as well. Uh, the Stars even up the series over the Wild uh, with a 7-3 or uh, 7-3 victory. Rupe Hints with a hat-trick. Four-point night for him. And Miro Heiskinen with four apples in that one as well. I think really the question, though, is was it the right choice to start Marc-Andre Fleury for the Wild after Philip Gustafson's great Game 1 performance? Yeah, and I said this a little earlier. Like, I, I do think maybe Dean Everson overthought it a touch. But it's kind of like what Jeremy Colton's got down in the farm. Like he, he, he Everson has two guys that he believes in and trusts and, you know, again, we're talking about a Hall of Famer and Marc-Andre Fleury. I, you know, it's never a bad thing to turn to him. Uh, he wasn't great. The team wasn't great in front of him. Um, you know, they've got some injuries, obviously, that they're fighting through. I ended up watching that game just because I, I, I was blown away. Like, I wasn't sure that any team was ever going to get more than three goals in a game in that series. And so Dallas exploded. Yeah. Um, and, I, like, we've had so many conversations here in Vancouver about Quinn Hughes. I think so many of the same things can be applied to Miro Heiskanen. I don't know if he'll ever win a Norris, but he should be in the discussion every year. Like the guy is incredible. Like he really, like he is one of my favorite players to watch in the National Hockey League. His skating, uh, what he does with the puck, and we're just in this golden era of so many good young defensemen. And you know, from year to year, you never know who's going to rise like the cream of the crop. And so again, like I'd expect Quinn Hughes to be. Incredible for the better part of a decade. And I think the same thing for, for Mira Heiskin. And I just don't know that, you know, will he ever put together a year where he is 
hands down the best defenseman in the National Hockey League? I don't know, but I think he's always going to be in the conversation on a pretty short list of guys that could be the best defenseman. He's an incredible player. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, a little surprised that uh, Dallas broke out the way it did, but uh, nice fallback for Minnesota. I think Dean Evanson's choice in goal is pretty easy for game three. Yeah, yeah. And they've got arrested Philip Gustafson, and I would think he probably gets a run of games here now. Uh, good to see Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan uh, uh, stepping up for the Dallas Stars as well. Uh, moving on to the East, the Florida Panthers double up the Bruins 6-3. Sam Bennett returns to the Panthers lineup. I was out for uh, just over a month there and opened up the scoring in this one. I thought he was also a factor in this game. And really, you know, I got to be honest with you. I took the Bruins on the money line after they were down one nothing because I was getting 2-1 to one on my money. And I thought for sure that was going to be a lock, but I liked what the uh, the perseverance that the Panthers showed. Honestly, I didn't know if the Panthers were going to win a game in this series, and they showed well last night. Yeah, and it just uh, the reaction, it, sort of the general hockey reaction. It's so funny. Like Bruins win the opener without uh, Patrice Bergeron. And it's like, oh, they're toying with Florida. They don't yeah. even need their best player. Uh oh, Bruins are in trouble now. You um, <laughs> know, I Bergeron back. I, right, I'm not ready to go there, but. Keep in mind that Florida's doing this with a third-string goaltender, and full credit to Alex Lyon. Like, yeah. journeyman, guy's been around. I think he's 30. Um, and, you know, he wasn't great. The Marshawn goal in the opener was uh, stinky, uh, to say the least, but uh, he was good for them last night. And we know Florida can score goals. They've got offensive guys. I mean, last year when they won the President's Trophy, it was all offense and, and no defense, and that cut up within the playoffs. Here, uh, you know, they... I think they probably learned a little bit from uh, the early ouster a year ago. They're the massive underdogs. Uh, there's no pressure on them, obviously. And now there is a little bit of pressure on Boston. So the Bruins do have to respond. I mean, uh, you know, this record-setting season, it means nothing, really. Like, you've got to back that up in the playoffs if you want your place in history. And so, again, we're two games in. It's 1-1. Good for Florida because I'm with you. I wasn't sure that they, they even get a win off the Boston Bruins. So... Uh, that has to help the Panthers' belief, but now they're heading home and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, the Bruins are an incredible team, and they showed it all season. I think we'll see again through these playoffs why they were the top team in the National Hockey League. But uh, it's one thing to say it. they got to go and prove it now. So, yeah, I mean, plant a little seed of doubt, I suppose, if you're the Florida Panthers, but uh, still a long way to go to... Uh, take care of the big B bring it back to the Canucks a little bit. Maybe Alex Lyon perhaps could be someone they're looking at in the backup position. He might price himself out. (laughs) Who knows though, right? Like we know the way the NHL has been spending on goaltenders, but they're hesitant to do it. And you can see why in Florida, because they have a $10 million goaltender that sits on the bench and wears a ball cap for them. Uh, The Canes four, three over the Islanders in overtime. They now lead the series two nothing headed to the long to long Island. But everyone's talking about the high stick on Mayfield uh, by Martinook that was missed in overtime. Uh, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's playoff hockey, and you'd love the refs to get everything right, but you play to the whistle. And if there's no call, like, sorry, you got to keep playing. They say in overtime. Um, and some weird goals in that one. Even the overtime winner, like, Sorokin's such a good goalie. Uh, but Foss gets him coming across and beats him cleanly to the far side. Like that's not a goal that you see a ton of uh, in today's NHL. And then there was that other one that got batted out of the air, and like that was like friendly fire. Yeah. When I saw it in real time, I was like, it was kind of like BX in the stands. Like what's happened? Like that yeah. puck's in the net, but how did it get there? Um, so yeah, some goofy goals, and you know, if you're the uh, if you're the Islanders. You know, you get three. Like that's a bonanza of offense for them, and. Uh, you know, they, they don't win the hockey game. So that hurts because they don't score a lot. We know that. 
Uh, Horvat's been pretty quiet in that series. And obviously one of the storylines uh, I'm keeping a, a close eye on. Uh, but, you know, Tara Vinen now out on top of Svechnikov yeah. and Pacioretty. Like, how you can be a good deep team, but all of a sudden, you're like, you're down a bunch of guys early in the playoffs. Like, you might be able to squeeze out this series, but that's certainly going to hurt moving forward. So, yeah, I mean, Carolina's uh, up to nothing. Good for them. And I'm sure the Islanders think, oh, they'll go home. And those fans uh, that Horvat talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, they'll be behind their team. But they need Horvat and they need some of those other guys to step up and, and generate. And uh, we'll see. I mean, uh, you know, when you're down 2 nothing, obviously, you're not out. But if you go down 3 nothing, uh, it could be over in a hurry. So uh, understatement of this podcast is uh, game three pretty big for the New York Islanders. All right. Uh, my Bodog best bet. I didn't hit on it last night. I had Connor McDavid over uh, one and a half points. He only had a, a, the lone assist in that game. I mean, it's Connor McDavid. He was generating all over the place. Uh, he's going to have his multi-point nights in these playoffs. Don't worry about that. Just didn't hit it last night. But tonight I'm feeling pretty good about this. But I'm doing something I haven't done, J-Pat, when it comes to my Bodog best bets this season. I haven't parlayed anything. Uh-huh. I'm going to do that tonight. I got the even the series, 14 parlay on the money line. Leafs over Bolts at minus 165. Devils over Rangers at minus 130. Uh, Golden Knights over Jets at minus 165. And Avs over Kraken at minus 235. The Kraken get no respect. They win game ones and the Avs are still minus 235. Anyway, that all together is plus 551. Need a lot to hit there. Wow. I haven't done this this season, but uh, feeling like the even up the series 14 parlay should hit tonight. Wow. So you would have one series. Carolina would be the only team then with a 2 nothing lead after uh, uh, the opening games. That was pretty incredible if that's the way it goes. I, I have to think that uh, one of these road teams is going to figure out uh, a way to, to go up 2 nothing, but uh, we'll see. I mean, I'll uh, I'll pull for you in the back of my mind to, to, to hit on your best bet, but uh, okay. I'm not sure that I'm fully confident that that's going to the way If you had to pick it. one road team that would that, that we could go up two buzz right now, who, do you, who would you be your favorite out of those four? I think Winnipeg, based on what I saw oh, the wow. other night. Vegas is goaltending. Again, you've heard me all season. Like, I'm just not sure... I'm not sold on Vegas. I don't know how they got to the 109 points that they got to, but um, yeah, I think they're they're vulnerable, and I think the Jets probably feeling pretty good about uh, the way they played, the guys that stepped up for them. So yeah, I mean, look, I could probably sit here and say, you know, I'm, I'm really curious to see how Toronto responds. I think Toronto will respond, but you know, nowhere, nowhere in hockey is there more heat on a team than in Toronto. So uh, we'll see how that impacts and affects the Leafs here in game number two. All right. Uh, good stuff. Many thanks again to uh, Ben Lipka uh, for joining us. We're going to have Patrick Johnston on the show tomorrow on Fridays. We're going to have him as a regular back with us once again on Fridays throughout the off season. All right. It's been another edition of the Rinkwide Vancouver podcast presented by Bodog for Jeff Patterson. I'm Andrew Wadden. Remember, Rinkwide is the show that always scores.